Welcome to an Eagles Podcast Network special commemorating Black History Month. I'm Vinny Greco, middle school social science teacher and host of the Room 214 podcast. And I'm Lena Kalanjian, sophomore at NBP and host of the NB On Air podcast. We are super excited to share with you our NBP community podcast celebrating Black History Month. First and foremost, many thanks and credit to Miss Chelsea Gilbert and Mr. Akeem Sedino for all the work they put into creating programming and enthusiasm for a concerted effort towards commemorating Black History Month. As you listen to this pod, you'll hear from members of the MVP faculty, staff, parents, and students as they reflect on and discuss Black history and the way it resonates with them. You'll hear about poignant historical events and leaders, as well as important political and cultural figures who helped shape the American landscape. Today, we are lucky enough to have Ms. Chelsea Gilbert, Mr. Akeem Cedinho, as well as MVP students, Angel Miller, Kayla DeMornay, Justin Grossman, and Francesca Volandia. Everyone, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us, appreciate it. So it is so wonderful to have all of you people here today, some Room 214 Hall of Famers, some awesome teachers, so excited to have this conversation today. Uh, so I wanna start here, I think most people in the United States have, have at the very least heard of Black History Month, but don't necessarily understand its origins or why it's so important for us to study. So with that, I want to ask pretty generally, why is it so important to celebrate Black History Month? Well, I think that uh, for me personally, um, as I look at, you know, my own upbringing, as I look at uh, my own education throughout the years and you know, what I've generally seen promoted from a historical standpoint, whether it be in textbooks, whether it be um, in programming and classes as I've come up through uh, my secondary school years and into college and uh, professional ranks now, um, I think that it's important to kind of frame history as uh, holistic. And I think there's oftentimes, I've even felt growing up that you know, some of what I would deem as black history is somewhat left out of uh, traditional conversations, um, lessons in school, and those type of things. So I think it's important to make an effort to recognize uh, that because I don't think it's continuously recognized throughout um, and intertwined throughout uh, curriculum right now. So to be able to see that and to be able to um, visually uh, have that represented, I think, is really important. Yeah, I think I can piggyback off that and say that we've all learned about um, Black History Month or African-American figures through our elementary school years and middle school years, I think. But I feel like as we start to get older, it starts to slip away from us, and I think Black History Month is a good way to commemorate and remember. Yeah, so this year it seems that we've been more intentional as a school in marking Black History Month. Um, so what are some of the things that we as a school did this year, and how can uh, North Broward as a school continue to grow in recognizing Black History Month moving forward? So our goal for this year was visibility. Since it was, as far as I know, um, and maybe as far as others know, it was our first time as a community celebrating and recognizing Black History Month. Our goal was visibility and to just have everyone recognize that we were, this is something that we're taking a look at for the month of February. Uh, but I think that on the visibility, uh, from the visibility standpoint, it was important for us to kind of link the past 
um, the present and what the future could be. So um, the powerful the powerful visuals that we hope to create were, um, you know, either historical figures or figures in the present that um, some well-known, some not as well-known, and uh, trying to link those to kind of the future potential of our students here at North Broward. And um, I thought it was also important, or we thought it was also important to make sure that um, as African-Americans on this campus, um, you see yourself and you see that you have the ability to reach those heights as well. Again, from historical standpoints, from um, present day people that are making waves in um, all different facets of life. Uh, I think those visuals were important to just walk through and you know, sometimes you just walk and you see them and being intentional that maybe you don't see those visuals all the time. So I think those were um, what we were trying to get at from a visible standpoint. Um, I noticed the uh, dream wall in the learning commons. Can mm -hmm. you tell more about that? Sure. Uh, so the dream wall came from, we did a lot of research on what we could do as a community, and it, it was not an original idea. It morphed into something a little different than what we had originally thought, but I think it morphed into something beautiful, and it was, um, it was a dream that we had, and then we turned it into what it is now, a dream wall. There were a lot of people that helped, um, the FOL helped, and Cindy Von Osen was great throughout the whole process. So, um, Oh, no question. Cindy's great. Total team player. Um, so great to have someone that's willing to just say yes to stuff. So Sydney, thank you. So as we teach different aspects of history from a variety of perspectives, inevitably there's going to be some confusion or, or pushback. Um, and certainly that can be the case with something as specific as Black History Month. So how should one or how can one respond to those who are wary or unsure of Black History Month and its purpose and its importance? Well, so when I was doing research on why it's important to recognize or celebrate Black History Month, um, I came across a lot of it should just be intertwined into curriculum, right? And it, you should recognize African American figures throughout the whole year and not just through, not just in a month, right? Um, however, our curriculum does not look like that. It does, we do not always read stories or watch films that have African-American protagonists in them. And so until the curriculum changes across the board, it is important to, to recognize Black History Month in the month of February. Uh, Mr. Greco, you talked about perspective and um, to some extent I'll piggyback on what Ms. Gilbert said. Uh, I think if you take a step back and you ask yourself uh, what perspective um, any of curriculum uh, from a historical standpoint has been written from, you may find it difficult to find that the people that may be writing the books or putting out the content that's so important to our learning, um, if that's not written from a diverse perspective, then are you getting the diverse, a diverse perspective in what you're digesting from K through 12? So I think that that in and of itself makes it important. And sometimes you don't know it's important. You don't know that you're not represented in everything that you're seeing and everything that you're learning until it, becomes, it becomes clear to you. So being intentional about uh, 
some of the messaging and you know black history month right now gives us an opportunity to do that in a perfect world i think down the road um you have a diverse perspective when it comes to writing curriculum and then that can then lead to um, a more uh, intertwined approach as we go through for years to come but i don't think we're there yet and um i feel i think that makes uh situations like black history month important Black History Month in many ways is about learning about events and people that perhaps we have not yet been exposed to. So from the perspective of both teachers and students, um, what ways can teachers and students across content areas and grade levels mark the month? Well, I think that something great that my Spanish teacher did last week was a couple students actually asked about, asked about the month or weren't familiar with it and she replayed uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and after had us reflect on it we had a discussion for the class period and she actually thought this was a great idea because she's not a history teacher she doesn't get to teach about these things but she wanted the opportunity to and then she also had us add on to that uh, dream wall our own in her classroom so thought that was a great idea. Um, I think I think that's like a really cool idea and I think like the best way to start especially if you want to go like across all age levels is to sort of start off you know like asking about it and seeing what people know because I feel like a lot of times we assume people know a lot more than they actually do especially with like younger grades um, so you can start off with something like that and then like I feel like Black History Month can sort of like integrate into like every single topic because like black people have impacted so many different topics and have like contributed to so many different things that you can find a way to relate both to Black History Month and to whatever topic you're teaching and have it be age appropriate as well. It's really well said, Angel. So discussing the contributors to Black History and trying to quantify who did what is so difficult. So we're going to try to separate the political from the cultural here. So as we look at history, which figures stand out to you as making some of the biggest contributions to the political or historical aspects of American society? Well, I'll jump in uh, because this particular one resonates with me. And um, growing up, you know, as you said, Mr. Greco, you hear about, you know, there's some heavy hitters that you hear about on a regular basis. Um, I think Justin referenced Martin Luther King and, you know, you hear about Harriet Tubman and some of these folks. But um, when the movie Hidden Figures was made a couple years ago and I watched it, I was floored. I had no idea about that story. Um, again, going back to what we talked about before in history books, when you, you learned about space or you heard about NASA and those kind of things. And, you know, to know that uh, Miss Catherine Johnson was so instrumental to us getting to space, um, that never occurred to me. I, I had no idea about that. So um, I think that one hit me particularly hard, just going back to all my young years and, and hearing about all these figures, but not that woman that was so important to American history and us, uh, you know, kind of getting to the moon and those kind of things. So that really, that really did a lot for me and it stands out in my mind to this day. Um, I have like a similar like story. I went to see Harriet with my family and like it tells you the story of how she was the conductor of the Underground Railroad, but you don't really hear about how she was a she was like a like a leader in the Civil War and you don't really 
see how like much she did for that. You only they only really give you um, her bringing slaves up to the north and letting them be free, which is an incredible thing to do. But I think it's better if you also include that she was an important part of the Civil War, because it not it does it's not really like as I said it's not mentioned as much. And so I didn't know that she like was a big part of that until I watched the movie. As I got older as a college student, uh, I loved great political debate, and I thoroughly enjoyed learning about W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington and reading their various texts that not just discuss their ideas for fighting systemic racism and Jim Crow, but how each took jabs at one another, not unlike our founding fathers who, who did the same thing. Studying these two voices led me down a rabbit hole of great African-American minds, including some older, like Frederick Douglass, others more modern, like James Baldwin, to more contemporary voices like Dr. Cornell West. Honestly, there's such a wide range of historical events and figures being recognized during Black History Month. Um, undeniably, black women have played an essential role in shaping history whether it be Rosa Parks, who sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, Pulitzer Prize winner Maya Angelou, or Brown versus Board of Education attorney Constance Baker Motley, is there a particular black woman from the past or present who inspires you? Um, in my English class, we've been reading some like Toni Morrison, and I really appreciate and like love her books because they're just so real. And like even though um, like the characters she talks about are fictional. I feel like a lot of what she writes about comes from her own experience. And she doesn't, for example, we read the book Home, which is from the perspective of um, a black veteran from I think like the Vietnam Wars. And she just writes from a very like real and raw perspective. And she even said herself like, she didn't love the protagonist, but in that book, there are so many influential black women that are just like on the sidelines and that's meant to sort of represent how history tends to view black women too. They're so impactful to his story, but they're not the protagonist. They get sort of pushed aside throughout. Um, so I think it's just very realistic how she portrays it. And she said herself, she didn't like the main character in her own book. It was more about the supporting characters and just sending a message about how she felt growing up being a black woman and like how she feels other people have viewed and sort of pushed aside black women in history. So yeah, I love her. Um, I actually just read that book as well. And um, it definitely opened up my eyes and gave me a different perspective because her um, style and like her use of language, it kind of put us in uh, the character Frank's shoes. Um, and so I, found that book extremely beneficial. And I think, yeah, during this time it was extremely essential as well. And um, like I said, it gave me a different perspective and understanding of what um, he went through, but also like you said, the supporting characters and their contribution to the entire story. Um, last year I read Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. And <clears throat> that book really like gives you, like it, like, lets you see into the world that she was living in and how difficult it was for her growing up and how it affected her as a person and her future since she 
She was so young when so much happened to her and all that just like stuck with her and it inspired her to become an author and to share her story with the world and I think that's really incredible. Um, I would say that uh, Melody Hobson is somebody that really stands out to me in today's world. Um, Melody Hobson, you know, happens to be like the CEO of an investment banking firm, one of the biggest investment banking firms um, in the nation. And to know that there is a black woman that is at the head of this organization in a field that traditionally, in my opinion, has been dominated, you know, the wealth and financial services arena that's been dominated by white men, uh, to know that she is at the top of that um, field and where I had no idea about this before. Again, when as you research these things and you become even more knowledgeable, um, that really stands out to me in my own family. It wasn't, you know, financial literacy and things like that weren't things that, you know, I grow up, grew up digesting or was talked about in my family on a regular basis. And, um, you know, to know that now she's a fierce advocate for financial literacy, not only of um, from a African-American standpoint, but an everyone's standpoint, and particularly a woman's standpoint, you know, kind of owning um, your future from a financial standpoint. I think that's fantastic and awesome and, and enriching to learn that. So now for the cultural contributions, meaning music, art, movies, the stage. Who are some of our favorite artists and, and inventors, perhaps, and what impact do you think they've had on American life? Um, so I just want to mention Ava DuVernay, not because Angel is sitting right next to me and she happened to depict her in one of our posters, but, um, I mean, female director has directed some, some huge uh, documentaries and films that are just inspirational to watch, um, 13th which I believe is on Netflix. I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but um, 13th, um, Selma. Um, what was the Disney movie that, oh my gosh. That a I Wrinkle can't, in Time. A Wrinkle in Time, yes. Oh my gosh. So just some big heavy hitters. And she's, I mean, she's a woman. And like Mr. Cedino said earlier, to have a, a woman who stands out that much in popular culture is just, as well as, you know, she's an African-American, so it's just really cool. Um, this kind of answers one of the earlier questions, I think, about, like, the teachers and grade levels and how they can mark the month. But um, we just wrapped up, or we're about to wrap up our Great Gatsby unit in English, and obviously the, the every pro protagonist in the book is a white, white male or yeah. female, yeah. But Miss um, Rogers, actually, she's been incorporating throughout the entire unit how um, black figures have influenced the time period and, and all the cultural, um, like the cultural scene in the book. And we've been learning a lot about Louis Armstrong mm -hmm. and how basically he transformed like the ja like jazz music yeah. for American culture. Jazz had been around for, what, 30 years before he kind of made it more like Mainstream. Yeah, mainstream. Yeah. So I think it's important. Obviously, she's not a history teacher, but that's why it's important to, for, for teachers across all subjects to incorporate black figures and black history into every single thing that you're studying. Because like I think Mr. Cedino said, um, they've impacted so many different aspects. So um, Louis Armstrong definitely is a figure mm -hmm. in 
culture that made a huge impact. Yeah. Just in, in my lifetime, just and, and there's there's many, but someone who I find myself quoting the most, someone who like seeing some of his film like Denzel Washington is where I'm going by the way um, the first time I saw Remember the Titans like oh, yeah. I triple fell in love with football and um, you know like the, the that story and him as a coach like is, is someone like that particular character there's so many characters that he plays where I'm like man I just he gets you to empathize with him even if he's the bad guy right which is rare he's usually the good guy but um, Denzel Washington for me is just someone who he plays the leading man um, for just in in another kind of white dominated mm, yeah. um, world where and he just transcends um, and I think he's done also pretty well documented job of kind of passing the torch um, you know to younger uh, black actors who who want to do uh, roles that are are actually like good roles right you know he talked a lot about um, I saw an interview with him once about how early on he was getting roles that he thought just what was not a good representation um, of 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 a black man in America mm-hmm. and they would have uh, encouraged stereotypes and that kind of thing so him turning down those roles and kind of um, pushing where where people of color should um, what should they accept in terms of how they're going to be portrayed and I think he is like Man, he's he's actually like a hero of mine. I, I I think the world of him, and I think he's done an amazing job of kind of pushing Hollywood, which has been throughout history, I mean, among the most uh, prejudicial, or um, even like during the Cold War, where people were being blacklisted for being suspected communists. Like Hollywood sucks, and he's someone who has just led. Um, he's led a movement, and yeah. he's still he's still crushing it today. So he's someone that through all thirty two years of my life has been pretty much on our TVs and in our magazines. And so I respect the heck out of Denzel Washington. Is he like America's dad with Tom Hanks? They could be America's dad together. I think they're as recognizable. Yeah, for sure. I really like, I love Kendrick Lamar. I've been listening (sighs) to him for like ever. Um, Black Panther, come on. (laughs) I literally have I have like the vinyl of it like I listen to it all the time um him and like J. Cole I just really appreciate like they make music that's very popular but they also bring in a lot of like their own personal experiences with like prejudice and like they make a lot of like uplifting music for like young black people mm-hmm. or I guess black people of any age and like anybody can listen to it and like listen to the message and they make it like digestible but they don't try to like censor it and make it mm. easy to listen to like mm. if you listen to some of their songs and some of their lyrics um it's very powerful and it's very real and raw and like talks about their own experiences so i really really love that i think it was in your cl- mr greco's class eighth grade we analyzed was it one of kendrick lamar's we did yeah we i did remember indeed. that and yes. it stuck with me yeah. i can't remember the song though yeah. but um when we after that class like i definitely um like took the time to go through like all of his songs. I don't know why, but it just fascinated me. And I analyzed everything and I really listened to it. So I, um, even J. Cole, like his lyrics as well, like when you really listen to it and you go in depth and you try to like analyze it, it like opens up a dip- different perspective. And I thought like that's just something that's has stuck with me. So. Hmm. Uh, from a pop culture st- standpoint, uh, growing up, 
and I don't know about you guys, but my parents were not about water guns. There was no shot you were bringing. I mean, not even one of the little dollar store pistols, you know, that could barely wet uh, anything. But uh, as we did research uh, around, you know, what we were going to do and kind of who we were going to highlight to learn that an African-American man invented a super soaker, which growing up, it was like a dream to have one. And you just knew it wasn't coming in my house. But your friends, you know, you go over to somebody's house and they were having water fights. And oh, man, these big, huge super soakers. And um, who knew, you know, and just things like that. You know, Lonnie Johnson, and uh, an inventor, uh, made that. You know, and that's just something you just may take for granted. And, you know, you may not know that here's just an item that is so popular, has made so much money, uh, you know, nationally, internationally. And just to know that growing up, I think, would have meant something to me, you know. Um, but again, those are things that just aren't necessarily promoted or that you know. Um, so just to know that, I think, is something that's pretty cool. It would have been cool to me when I was growing up. That's all the time we have for today's discussion, which honestly we could have had just about all day. This was outstanding. So on behalf of Lena and myself, I'd like to thank Ms. Gilbert and Mr. Sedino for all their hard work in making NBP celebration of Black History Month possible. Another special thanks to Angel Miller, Fr Francesca Volandia, Kayla DeMornay, and Justin Grossman for being part of our panel today. On the next episode of the Room 214 podcast, I'll sit down with Tammy Wolpowitz, IB coordinator and assistant principal at NBP, and we'll discuss the IB program and North Broward Prep College Advising. On the next episode of NB on Air, I'll sit down with members of the MVP Boys Varsity Basketball team, who is honestly having such an amazing season. And as we play out, you'll hear from more members of the MVP community discussing Black History Month. Thank you so much again for listening. I'm Lena Kalanjian. And I'm Vinny Greco, wishing you peace and much love. Hi, this is Laura Lavery, ESOL teacher at North Broward Prep School. For this, I went really way back um, to when I was a child. My parents are big jazz lovers, and so I grew up listening to all sorts of jazz, um, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, just to name um, some of the few that I grew up listening to. Um, in the 70s, you know, there was Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Luther Vandross, um, Temptations, The Four Tops. A lot of the Motown sounds were really, really important to me. And um, I can remember listening in my mom's car and singing along to um, some of our favorite songs. And then um, as I grew up um, and got my first car, which was a 1978 Ford Granada. It was big enough to get about 20 people in, um, but it only had AM radio. So I grew up listening to a lot of R&B and um, Chaka Khan was a favorite of mine, along with Prince and um, Rick James and um, Michael Jackson, of course, the Jacksons. Uh, got into some of the early rap with salt and Peppa and Run DMC as a product of the 80s and growing up with MTV and being really influenced um, by what was on at that time and um, what was popular then, it really, um, looking back now, strikes me as, as the um, contributions to our culture 
were enormous from the um, African-American side, and for which I'm really grateful. Um, as I moved into university, I became a DJ at my college's uh, radio station and sort of moved into alternative music, but um, still stuck with my um, love of um, R&B and um, got into some De La Soul and um, just really uh, enjoyed um, listening to that kind of music. And I think about, you know, even coming up now, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, and Destiny's Child um, were big influences, Nicki Minaj. I just think that um, I, I can't um, imagine what our music scene would be like without their contributions. Hi, I'm Melanie Diamond. I'm the English department chair and a middle school English teacher here at North Broward. So as an English teacher and also a former history teacher, I absolutely love learning about American history, and I also love to promote the power of stories. Uh, several years ago, I read Steve Shankin's book, Bomb, and I came across another one of his books, The Port Chicago 50, which details the real-life story of 50 African-American Navy sailors during World War II who were tried for mutiny. And I was shocked when I read this book, not so much about the actual story, but I was shocked that I had never heard of it. How had I never heard of this World War II story before? How had this story just been pushed under the rug? And it made me really think about all of the untold stories, all of the voices that are just waiting to be heard. Good afternoon. My name is Don Alzade, and I'm the ESOL chair at North Broward Prep. To begin, the struggles of the past teach us about the present. Black History Month is one pathway to confronting the problem of racial discrimination through greater understanding by making the black past accessible to the wider community. Black History Month inspires and instills pride of self and community among the black generation. It brings future generations hope that it is never wrong to do what is right and to fight for what is right. Of course, it is important that people know it did not come without sacrifice and struggle and did not involve one person but whole community support. I heard a quote the other day, and it went like this. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence should be a habit, not an act. So for Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Jesse Owens, Mo Farah, Marian Anderson, and those who came before and will come after, excellence was who they were and are. It was never an act. But excellence is also seen in those unnamed faces and photos, those left out of the narrative those who participated in boycotts and worked in factories and were on the front line. They were heroes as well, they were exceptional. This is important for the younger black generations to know that you do not always have to be leading the change to be excellent, and to make a change you just have to be a part of it. It is important because black history shows that there is more light in this world than darkness. It is important to never forget these moments in history. It is interesting what nations, communities, and schools deem important enough to remember and what they choose to forget. But we can never forget because with remembering comes hope, pride, and a belief that change will come. 